Coming up. There are some very dirty gay dicks out there. There are some filthy fucking dicks out there. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I know? Why are you looking? I'm sure you know. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple. Except they're not. Where are you guys from? Australia. Oh my God, you're from Down Under. International. Are you sad about the end of Neighbours? Or do you care? <laughs> Don't care. Dan, you were quite upset about Neighbours, which I'm surprised about, because I didn't see you as, like, a Neighbours stan. Yeah, I loved Neighbours. Oh, when was the last time you saw it? Like, but, well, the th- it used to be on the BBC, and everyone used to watch it. Everybody used to watch it. Then it went to Channel 5, and nobody, nobody watched it anymore, and I felt really, like, left out, because only me and my dad watched it, and then I just thought, oh, just forget it now. So I guess I'm the problem, and that's why they dropped it. God, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a gay... and a non-gay... So we've got some incredible guests tonight. We're very excited to work on them later on in the show. But before we do that, we love to do a feature when we're live called Things Dan Can't Say. Yes. So basically, I don't know if you've heard, but it's quite difficult for straight men uh, in these times. As, as I alluded to, I'm on the verge of getting cancelled all the time. Right. Yeah. So it's hard for straight men because we're just, you know, we're out here ready to cancel them all times. Ali, it must be so difficult for you. Do you feel like you just can't leave the house without getting something wrong? Are you like, oh, can I still wear that T-shirt that says Fat Willies or is that fat shaming? <laughs> Like, it's very difficult. I get it. And so that's why this feature exists. It gives yeah. Dan an opportunity to have a safe space, yeah. to say whatever he wants without getting cancelled, okay? Because yeah, yeah, we don't learn unless we unlearn and relearn, right? Yeah, so exactly. that's really what this is all about. Um, but I'm very excited for tonight. We've got a song that I'm hoping you're all going to enjoy singing along to with us. What, did someone just say, oh, no? <laughs> it's Friday night, babes. Let's get warmed up, okay? Give me a cheer. <laughs> Right, here we go. It's time for Things Dan Can't Say. That's right, clap along. Here we go. It's time for my solo. You might just want to know why I don't like girls, I like guys. And well, for one night only, you can say what you like. Have you tried being bi? Do you like cum in your eye? Sure. For one night only, you can say what you like. Things that Dan cannot say, things that Dan cannot say. I'm on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say, things that Dan cannot say, things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. It's quite a topical one, actually. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of rubbish knocking around Edinburgh. I didn't realise there was a bin strike on. It's disgusting, isn't it? I just thought, like, because I only got here two days ago, I just thought everyone had just given up, (laughs) including the bin man. Well, they have. That's literally what's happened. (laughs) Anyway, I found out they were on strike, but it got me thinking, why don't you ever see gay bin men? Because I've never seen any. Have you seen any? Uh, and do they exist? Uh, yes, actually, I think they do. They do. Of course, there's gay bin mans. I mean, gay people exist everywhere, don't they? Well, I mean, it's possible, but I've never come across them. Have you seen a straight bin man? Yeah. How did you tell the difference between the two? I've just got a really good. <laughs> I've got a really good gaydar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a, and a good non-gaydar as well. Well, so my friend Joe actually became a bin man. Um, in the pandemic because he's an actor and so he was like oh, I don't know what else to do and he moved home so he became a bin man and was doing like bin manning is that, what, is that the verb? It should also by the way why is it bin man anyway it should be bin person right? Well, yeah but I've never seen a female bin have you not? have you seen a female bin person? there must be a female bin person somewhere but has anyone seen one? <laughs> I've seen some post women so <laughs> what? right my friend was a bin man so he told me the other day though this really interesting story so when he was like um binning 
he was telling people on Grinder that he was a bin man. And this one guy said, I want you to crush me in the back of your bin truck. Oh <laughs> like, what the fuck? What I'm struggling with that is, what, literally? Or does crush mean shagging? Well, so I was like, when Joe told me that, I was like, that is really hot. Oh, my God. Did you do it? <laughs> but then, obviously, I thought about it and was like, no, that's awful. What does he mean? Like, crush you. But I guess he just... The thing is, so I think when you're... Not all gay people, but some gay people hate themselves. So there's like a, you get a bit off on things that are bad, don't you? Like there's a bit of a kink in doing things that are wrong or that are a bit dirty or right. not. And it, it, I mean, I, th I think he's like, it's quite hot that he was a bin man. That's are you sure it's not just, you know, when people say, I don't obviously say this, but when people go, oh, I'd like ruin her or whatever. Well, this is, is, what, it, is that what you mean? Maybe. Well, I didn't say it, but maybe that's what he meant. But I don't know. It would be quite hot though, wouldn't it? To be like, fucked on the back of a bin lorry. <laughs> Is anyone else into that? <laughs> no? But anyway, so yes, I think gay bin people do exist, but he did have to go back in the closet when he was doing it because he was scared of all the toxic masculinity surrounding the bin community. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> is, is, is that a thing? What? Is that, is, that a, is that a problem? What do you mean? Is toxic masculinity a, a problem? <laughs> Stop trying to trip me up. Is toxic masculinity a problem in the, I would the Well, you just said you'd never seen any women or gays, so I'd imagine if there's only yeah. straight men, then there's going to be some toxic masculinity, isn't there? I guess so, yeah. You must know that there'll be... Well, I didn't know that. I mean, I can assume there is. I don't actually know for a fact. Well, it's a pretty manly job, isn't it? And also, like, doesn't your girlfriend make you take the bins out all the time when you're... Well, she makes everyone take the bins out, including you. Yeah, so whenever I went... She doesn't live in London anymore, but whenever I went to her house, she would always be like, oh, if you're leaving, can you just take the bins out? Yeah. <laughs> we actually don't argue that much. But one thing we do argue about is that that she just does not, she just refuses to take the bins out. It's so boring. And she'll just wait for someone to be going out the door, like be it me or you. And yeah. she'll go, oh, you're getting out the door. Oh, Can you take the bins? Yeah. Um, right. Well, that was Things Dan Can't Say, everybody. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. So, uh, Edinburgh, are you ready for our first guest on our podcast tonight? She's at the Fringe doing her first show. It's an hour about her journey to become her true, authentic self. This is going to be a very beautiful and funny interview. Please welcome Gina Bloom. Hi. Hello. How's Hi. Your fringe? How's your Fringe? My Fringe. Oh, my goodness. It's been so exciting, and I'm really excited about going home on Monday. It's <laughs> been quite a journey. You live in... I live LA. in Los Angeles, yes. That is quite the journey. It's quite a journey. It's a lot different here to Los Angeles. You know, um, not really. I mean, it's all kind of the same thing, I guess. We... You do comedy, you hang out, you have coffee and talk to various gay people. It's not that much different <laughs> my life. I have a great question for you. So I've seen you joke about I've seen you joke about dating and how you've gone from sucking off gay penis to straight penis. Um, so I just wonder what are the main differences between a gay and a non-gay penis? Cleanliness. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Look, I know you know this, but there are some very dirty gay dicks out there. There are some filthy fucking dicks out there. In your community. <laughs> Why do I know? Why are you looking I'm sure you know, because you've been out there and you obviously have encountered some funky, funky dick out there. So. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But in general, the gay man, better at the hygiene, better at the, in better at the decoration, and... What's the decoration? 
<laughs> well, like the environment, you know, the... the oh, right, the, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant yeah. like... And that too, you know, there's, there's, there's like a, there's like a hair like... situation going on that, you know, the, the, the queer man is better at maintaining. You say that, but quite a lot of guys are just letting the bush come out now. That is true. There, there's a lot of naturals. And that's fine. That's fine if this is maintained cl- in a clean way. Mm, I do think it needs a little bit of a brush, though. Like, with my dog, you know, like, I'll brush him. If I don't, then I'll end up with hairs all over my clothes. So, like, just brush it beforehand. Exactly. You know, mo- moisturize, you know, just don't... The hair is fine. The hair's the body. Like, that, we should celebrate that. But as long as it's clean... Mm. A little maintenance, <laughs> gentlemen, if you please. Yes, absolutely. What a learning curve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really? That's a learning curve? Well, a little bit. This is this is what I this is this is what I do. I just ask me a question, I give you I give you like a straight answer. I give you I, I give you I give you five minutes of answer in, in one minute of talking. So this is this is my this is what I do. So how do you feel about being in the UK as a trans person at the moment? And do you feel this is such a big question and a massive jump from where we were. Do you feel safe being here? I have not had a problem here, even though I'm like in the shadow of JK Rowling out here. No, I have not had like one issue, honestly. It's been really nice. Like I was kind of worried, but you know, coming from the US, which also doesn't have a very trans-friendly environment right now. So I was a little concerned about that. I live in LA and I lived in New York before that. So like transphobia has been something that has been a little less of a concern for me than like someone who is in different parts of the country. But uh y'all been great. I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Anytime. (laughs) What is always interesting about um, people that have uh, transitioned, uh, I don't want to say from man to woman, but but you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 sure. Basically, I mean, you have male privilege and then you lose it. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because, like, I, I, I lived most of my life until, like, six or seven years ago as, like, you know, being perceived as male. And I worked in, like, professional spaces. And, like, I was, you know, I was just given, like, promotions just because. It was, like, I was just listened to. And, like, they were, like, there you go. You're obviously no stuff. And, like, it's been, like, a little bit of a shock being perceived not just as trans, because sometimes that is its own thing, but just as a woman in general, people, you know, will react to me differently. They're a lot kinder, but they also don't seem to take me as seriously for some reason, at least in America. But on the other hand, in like the gender journey, this is a weird thing that happened to me before I transitioned. I looked very Asian because my mother was Asian. But afterwards, people perceived me as white. So I, I gave up male privilege and I ended up getting white privilege as, as like a bargain. <laughs> wow. It's a very strange experience. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like a wash. You know, I, I, I gave up one form of privilege, and they, they threw in another to make me feel okay. So oh, it's that's okay. cute. Yeah, like nice pri- of them. Privilege, uh, privilege the, exchange. The privilege fairy just like blessed me again. James hasn't seen your show yet, but I came to see it today. One of the most fascinating thing about it. To, to me was that you had a job at a company mm-hmm. when you were pre-transition and then yeah. you reapplied for the job uh, afterwards afterwards yes and nobody seemed to no one seemed were. to like recognize me it was really weird because like i was being interviewed for the job over again and like there were people there that knew me and i and like i knew them but they didn't recognize me anymore and it was really strange because like yeah, I look different now, but I don't look that different. I didn't change bodies. I just grew some hair and tits out of it. And like, <laughs> but this is the same, basically. I mean, I've had a lot of injectables 
and like some rearranging done. But otherwise, it's, <laughs> we all and we've all done it. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going back to LA and getting more done. But no, it was it was weird. It was weird to sort of like hearing people talk to me and saying things that I've seen, I've heard them before, but in a new way. Like like they're telling me stories, and like on the one hand. They're kind of talking down to me sometimes because of the female thing, but also, on the other hand, they're also trying to impress me. Like, the men were trying to impress me and look cool, which they didn't care about before. It was very, like, casual. And then now they're trying to, like, be like, oh, I built a robot. Isn't that cool? And, like, this doesn't... (laughs) Men are quite... Like, no offense to Dan here, because he's a very good friend and an amazing ally, but men are so fucking weird, aren't they? Just, there's so much ick. Like, and um, especially at the fringe, like, because when you're out flyering and you're going to the bars and stuff, you, like, experience all the different facets of male... All the different... And, like, I've had, like, a really lovely time with, like, the male shopkeepers in Edinburgh. (laughs) They've They've been nice to a fault. They've called me honey and darling. And it's, like... I should be, as a feminist, like offended by that, but it's charming because I'm not used to the accent, so it was okay. <laughs> we'll, let, we'll, we'll let it go. We'll let it go. Um, so you have a podcast, which our listeners should check out, called Sweet, A Lady's Guide to Bro Culture, and it breaks down um, what women think of bro community vibes right so dan here loves wrestling and he's also really into beavers and butthead do you talk about those things uh we did not do a beavers and butthead episode that would have been a great one um we did do a wrestlemania episode and what we had what we have is like it's not necessarily a male guest but it's someone who's a fan of this male culture and then there's like a a female or a non-binary person that's never experienced it before so like in our wrestlemania episode we had a comic that I know, a woman that I know, she had never seen pro wrestling in her life. Oh, wow. And, and then we had, like, a friend of mine, another comic, that was a huge pro wrestling fan. But in that case, he was also very gay. So he was a huge, super gay fan of pro wrestling. So his fandom was from a whole different perspective. So we, it is, like, man stuff, but, like, it's not always, like, straight man stuff. And has a lot of it aged well? <laughs> uh yeah, I think it has aged well. I mean, there have been some there were some discussions that I don't know, I, I, I had like good guest karma. Like I didn't have like a lot of toxic dudes on there. I had like some guys I was expecting to say something shitty and they didn't. And I think I think it's because like at least at the New York comedy community when I was there at the time I scared a lot of men. So they were always on their best behavior. Can you give me some tips on how to do that? Apparently I've been told that I have I have a very effective scowl. Apparently this is a, a thing I didn't realize, but like I can apparently stare people into submission. So <laughs> I've been told by more than one person that I that they want to they want to emulate my nonverbal response to irrit- irritation. They think that I have like a, a powerful like. Can you show us? I can't. This is the problem audio. because uh, it's 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 involuntary. It and if I were to try it, I would just look dumb, and people would be like, "That doesn't work that way." I wouldn't be afraid of that. No, I, I, that's the thing. It's like it has to be like something that just rolls off. But apparently, it's a thing I do. Do you know that you're doing it when you're doing it? No, I don't. I think I'm very friendly, but apparently I scare people. <laughs> really weird. <laughs> apparently, I think I'm the nicest person in the world. Not quite, but I think I'm very nice. <laughs> and apparently I, I frighten men especially. I think what they think is that because I'm trans and because I'm very comfortable with who I am, 
and I'm very comfortable with talking about who I am, that if they say the wrong thing, I'm going to like lead the cancel police against them. because. But cancel culture isn't real anyway. It's not real, yeah, it's of just, course. It's, it's, it's accountability, and it doesn't even exist because like, has anyone that's been canceled ever really suffered? Like fucking Louis C.K., who was a you know, sexual assaulter, just won a Grammy last year. So, like, is that really cancellation? Is that really a thing? Is, is you know, Joanna, Queen of Edinburgh, keeps talking about how she keeps getting canceled, but she's literally worth a billion dollars. I've been surprised at how little people in Edinburgh actually like J.K. Rowling. Well, at this point, I mean, who could possibly like her? <laughs> she's done so much. I was worried coming up here, because I talk about her in my show, I was worried people would start booing me. But luckily, everyone's like, woo! Is she from Edinburgh or something? No, she, I think she wrote the <laughs> books while she was here. Like, she was uh, just hanging out here. So she's right. like, Hogwarts is inspired. How do you, do you, are you a fan of Harry Potter? And how did you feel about all of that? I was never really a fan of Harry Potter. But I think it's because when I was young, and I was like one of those like self-serious nerd boys, not the high fantasy ones, but the science nerds, so, like, ooh, magic can't do that. That's not physically possible. So I was taking care of the reptiles. I was literally president of the reptile club. Um, so, so, I, That's so sweet. I, just, I just wasn't into it. I just wasn't into wizards and that stuff. By the way, Beavis and Butthead, like, the, yes. joke, the joke is on... We're laughing at them. Uh, absolutely, yes. They're very much. They're very much dumb dudes. I'm actually a huge fan of Beavis and Butthead too, because really? um, yeah, because it's very American, and it was, and like I was a part of me, even though I was that nerd that did, you know, the um, the Reptile Club. I was also a headbanger, so I listened to like ACDC and Metallica. Yeah, I did all that. So like they were, they were very much my friends. Like they were like the people that I hung out with. Uh, maybe I should watch one. There's like a brand new series. There's there. a brand new Yeah. They came out with a movie where they travel through time and go to alternate dimensions. Oh, I must watch that. Sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> right. The thing is, you, you won't be able to get past like the first 30 seconds of it because you'll be like, what is this? Right. And that's why I did that show because like even though I am this like lady now and I do lady things and I and I have high tea and I and I go to like lady shit, right? I do all that stuff. I, <laughs> do you? I you know, whatever. I I do like lady things. But like a part of me also still wants to watch Fast and the Furious movies. And I know plenty of women that watch Fast and the Furious movies and they're gay straight in, in every direction. That's been part of the joy of doing that show. But like I didn't want to like just turn my back on, you know, all this like stuff that I had done in my previous life just because I wasn't in the right body at the time. Doesn't mean I didn't mean I didn't have fun. Have you gone back and watched stuff in your new life and it, you've had a new perspective on it? Oh, my goodness, yes, absolutely. Um, there were plenty of movies where I'm like, wow, this is problematic. This was not... <laughs> I don't know why I like this ever. Uh, Leon the Professional was probably the, the biggest one, um, showing my age here a little bit. I don't think any of you know what that is, but it was like a 90s movie about a French hitman that took care of young Natalie Portman when she was like 12 years old. And it's way creepy. But when I watched it when I was like 19 for the first time, I didn't, right over my head, didn't catch that stuff. It's a lot like the film, what's it called? The, you know, the, the, the Netflix documentary about trans people. Disclosure. Disclosure. Disclosure, yeah. And it just shows you clip after clip after clip of films where they're just making trans people to be like a joke. And oh, yeah, yeah. And like, and like growing up, like uh, that's what I would see. And like 
even stuff where they're trying to be empathetic, it's still like trans people, always the plot is, well, you have to give up your hormones or you're going to have a heart attack or something <laughs> like that. Like, that's always the plot. Every time there's a trans woman, she has to give up her hormones. And hey, guess what? A lot of trans people don't take hormones. doesn't mean they're not trans. Sometimes I get fucking tired of injecting myself with with shots and I and I miss it for a week and that's okay it doesn't make me not trans either so like it's like these straight people they don't they think that you know this little vial of like syrupy liquid is our entire life but it's not so yeah even stuff where they think they're being smart they're not Gina where can people listening find you on socials uh you can find me on socials on all of the major ones twitter instagram tiktok at Gina Bloom that is my weird spelling j-e-e-n-a-b-l-o-o-m well thank you so much for joining us on again and on gay give it up for Gina Bloom <laughs> Right, who's ready for our next guest? She seems to have sold out like every night. I went to her show earlier and I was basically like shoved into a corner because there was like so many people there. No, it's because you're non-gay, I think. They just shoved you in the corner. Quite possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a radical feminist and queer, but also a top football lad who uh, wants to go to darts all the time. So please welcome... Chloe Penn! Hello, hello. How are you both? We're so good. good. So, Vindaloo, <laughs> Chloe has Vindaloo playing on a fucking loop before her show starts. Amazing. Yeah, I just thought like it's sort of that quite like inflammatory lad behaviour, isn't it, of coming to Scotland and playing an England song just over and over <laughs> and over again. Like, it's a really horrible thing to do. That's so funny. On the first day of my show, uh, I, I did it and I was backstage and I was like, oh, I'm a bit nervous. Like, I've, but, like this is quite, quite a thing that you've got to be quite convinced about to do. And um, I walked out and there were three burly Scotsmen and I'd heard from behind the curtain that every time the song said England, they shouted, fuck you. So that was how I sort of began my Edinburgh Fringe run and thought, oh no, I will be getting shanked at some point <laughs> on this fringe. But fortunately, everyone's been very kind and understanding about it. Love it. I've been coming out to Three Lions and also Tub Thumping. So, yeah, literally, because my show's called Straight Jokes and I'm right. trying to corner the heterosexual market. And yeah. so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So we're like the same. How funny is that? Yeah, I put on a bit of Tub Thumping as well, yeah. There's, yeah. there's nothing straighter than Chawamba Wamba, I'm oh, sorry to say. God, yes. Yeah. That is a good song, though, Tub Thumping. Yep, and that says a lot about you. Well, maybe, maybe it does. <laughs> my, da my dad, I think, is the only man that listens to that song unironically. He'll walk around and be like, I do get knocked down but then I get back up again. It's like it's some sort of... But he takes it really literal. Just some like, he sees it as like a sort of profound statement, like a sort of, you know, someone might quote, quote Aristotle, he, he'd quote the church of Chumbawamba. <laughs> Chumbawamba, I like... Chumbawamba, sorry, I always say it wrong. Wait, what is it? Hang on, what, what did you say? Chumbawamba. No, it's Chumbawamba. Yeah, it's Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Uh, there's a lot more going on with that band than you might think. Like, they're really Here clever. Here we go. They're like anarchists and they love causing trouble. Right, okay. And like protesting and, and whatnot. And um, in the 90s, they poured a load of ice over John Prescott's head at the Brit Awards. That's quite cool. Which yeah, is pretty cool. cool. The originator of the ice bucket, bucket challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sticking up for Chumbawamba. Do we like John Prescott? Who is he? No, they didn't like him. That's why they poured a load no, of do, ice. Do we like him? Is he... Oh, well, they were protesting at the time against the treatment of uh, Dockland workers by New Labour. But he's like Labour, right? So he's left. Yeah. That, but look, we don't like all left... Like, have you heard of Keir Starmer? Yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, we don't love everyone that's, that like aligns <laughs> themselves with the left. This is true, Chloe. Yeah. Right. Just because you say that you're left, it doesn't mean that you're not sort of like quiet right. Right. Yeah. I see what you mean. 
like Tony Blair was a left wing politician, but he is also a war criminal. Like that's yeah. the. It's annoying, isn't it, when you look at that and you're like, yeah, which would you rather have? Like, oh. It's, this, it's the same thing with like Theresa May. It's like, oh, great, a woman in charge, not that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, football. Um, <laughs> so James revealed yesterday, genuinely, that he didn't know that match of the day was about football. Yeah, no, I, well, I just thought it was all the matches. He thought it was all the matches from like all of the sports. But, like but tennis and swimming and everything. When would that end? It would just be on constantly. Well, they just cut it down, wouldn't they? They just do like, a, like, here's a minute of tennis, here's a minute of billiards, whatever it is. I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't 100% sure it was just football. That's made me like, um, like feel viscerally angry. <laughs> it's funny that that's the response I've had to that. Yeah. So you've been a full-time comic for... How long have you just been doing it? Just like one year, is that right? So like full time for one year. So I was meant to quit before. I was doing like a part time cafe job, which I was meant to quit just as the pandemic struck. But fortunately, I didn't because then that meant I had sort of employment throughout the pandemic. And then yeah, last August I went went full time. How's it going? Oh, it's great. I love it. It's um. So I've been on tour with Ed Gamble, which has just been like a nice. massive chunk of work so yeah i think in any creative industry when you can like look at your diary and you see it full it's such a relief of like oh i know i know how i'm paying rent for the next like six six to twelve months um but yeah then we'll obviously sort of go back in september and i'll be back on that oh is the work gonna come kind of <laughs> kind of roller coaster ride yeah what's that like great guy the problem is, is that everyone's like, oh, you're going to eat so well on that tour. I have never eaten more Nando's in my whole entire life. <laughs> that boy just loves ordering a Nando's. And yeah, I think I'm sort of, yeah, I get, I get a lot of indigestion on the tour with him because, yeah, it's just sort of chicken and carbs. So your show that you're doing at the Fringe at the moment, it touches on the big debate, which is all about toilets, which is not really a big debate. It's bullshit. But um, yeah, I kind of want to know about it because I haven't got to see your show because you've been sold out, which is iconic um but you have a very shocking story in your show so would you mind sharing some of that with us i have quite a few shocking stories one of the stories is that i get pushed over by a man because he thinks because i got in his way a bit and he thought i was a man so he pushed me over wow. and then he realized that i wasn't a man which is great i love it when that happens when someone does something awful to you on the pretense that you are a man and then when they realize you're a woman and th that sh sort of like reveals their morality because if they show like oh i don't hit women then you sort of have got a carte blanche to do whatever the fuck you like back to them because you know that they won't hit you so um i just sort of shouted at him for quite a long time ran down the street after him um i don't put that in the show because it's not as funny Th so that i close the show talking about yeah i i get um sort of looked at quite a lot in toilets and there was this one where a woman like forcibly like stopped me from going into what? the women's toilet what that's insane. But it happens It happens all the time. Like People just feel like really empowered to sort of police these gendered spaces and decide who gets to go and what. I honestly just, I'm so shocked because I just thought that that was nonsense made up by the press. I didn't think people actually would be like, I didn't think a woman would actually be like worried about that to this degree that they would stop someone that is, you are a woman, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's fluid, but yeah, but yeah, definitely. But, but it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. She was, she was really like, she was sort of doing that thing of like, uh, giving the impression that she was feeling threatened by me, but like, was also like really up in my face and sort of sort of ushering me out of the toilet, which I found quite funny. She doesn't work there or anything. She's just no, a, just right. a random lady. And I've had it before. Like I was in the O2 Academy one time. I, it happens like honestly so much, and I sort of get a sixth sense for when it's going to happen. Like if I'm if I'm like going out and I'm wearing particularly masculine clothes or something, I'll be like, oh, today I'll get it a lot. And yeah, someone sent a security guard in after me, and I got sort of pulled out by the security guard. And then fortunately, these like two amazing lesbians came over and basically dealt with it for me. 
um, and while I just went to the toilet. But um, yeah, what the <laughs> finally like, uh, yeah. But the irony of that is, is like they're going, we don't want men in the toilets, and they got a male security guard in to remove me. You said something in your show, or maybe I saw it in an interview actually, where you said if you wear a COVID mask, you basically pass as a man. Uh, yeah. So do you ever wake up and think, oh, it'd just be easier to be a bloke today? So yeah, no, literally, I'm like do if, that. if I want, if I don't want to get hassled. So like if if I go into a corner shop or something. Um, what, well, what Gina was saying in the, the the episode that I was listening to, I love it when I get my saying from man in the off license because they're so, like they're so nice to you, like calling you like brother, brother, <laughs> like boss man, all of that kind of stuff. And you like that? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, so like, it, I will if I'm going into the off license now, and I don't want the worry of of like it's fine if you get misgendered it's when people realize halfway through that they misgendered you that they get really embarrassed and like you end up sort of having to appease them so if i don't want that hassle i will just pop the mask on and just brother boss man all the way it's lovely <laughs> boss man yeah. you quite big like lunch. that though big lunch. All right, big big lunch. lunch you quite like that when people are like all right geezer no i just do it to like get off like to pass as straight so it's right. just an easier life like i guess it's the same thing do you like quote code switch bitch you put like do you like deep in your voice and get a... yeah oh, like, like all right mate yeah thank you cheers mate like all of that rubbish like all right lads i do it as well because if i walk in without a mask and someone reads me as a man and i've like kind of spoken in my woman's voice i'll be like well i don't want to I don't want them to think I'm a fucking pussy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right? So I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah. I, <laughs> what, what I think it's if, if they think I'm a gay man, I don't want them, uh, if they think I'm a man, I don't want them to think I'm a gay man. Right. Not because I have any problem with gay men. Okay. So offended. But just because it's like, I want them to know I'm interested in women. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you move it on to like bird chat yeah he's bird tits fanny and palace that's why tits fanny and palace <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have a, that's a crystal palace song is it yeah, yeah. that's an actual crystal palace song tits fanny and palace goes oh south london is wonderful oh south london is wonderful it's full of tits fanny and palace oh south london oh. is wonderful that is so horrible no i love that it is disgusting. it's my three favorite things <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy for you uh, Chloe is about to go on tour across the UK, so tell us about the tour, please. Yeah, so I'm starting my, my tour sort of in, I guess, I'm doing Soho Theatre in January and then doing sort of a winter into spring tour. Is that how it goes? Winter into spring? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can find tickets um, at chloepets.org or follow me on Instagram at chloepets and Twitter at chloepets. Amazing. We can't wait to see you on tour. Give it up for Chloe Pets. Thank you so much for coming on, Gay and Gay. Woo, love you. Right, thank you so much, Edinburgh, for being here tonight. Um, all of you, it means a lot that you came. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please tweet at Gain on Gay or Instagram at Gain on Gay because it really helps us get other people in. Um, thanks so much for coming. You've been a brilliant audience. Good night. Bye. And thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support Gain and Non Gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate. <laughs>